Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How does the saying go? The greatest words in sports? Game 7. And that was certainly true for the Lightning on Friday night as they defeat the Islanders 1-0 in Game 7 in the Stanley Cup semifinals to make it a second straight trip to the Stanley Cup final, which begins tonight at Amelie Arena versus the Montreal Canadiens. I'm Steve Versnick filling in for Rick Stroud once again, who will be on vacation this week. Uh, I picked the wrong time of year to go on vacation with the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final, but... Uh, he's off again this week, but you will hear from him. We do have some uh, pre-taped segments from him that we'll play at some point this week as well. So, uh, But uh, Friday night, before we get to tonight, and it's been six years since a Stanley Cup final game has been played at Amelie Arena back in 2015 against the Chicago Blackhawks, which uh, series the Lightning lost in six games, four games to two. And at the time, if you remember, many people thought, oh, the Lightning will be back here frequently. Well, it took them five years until last year in the bubble to get back, and now it's a second straight year. But before we get to tonight and the matchup ahead with the Canadians, which a year ago, if you'd have said, next year, Lightning Canadians in the Stanley Cup final, put some money on it, you'd win a lot. Because first of all, they're in the same conference, same division. So you can't face in the Stanley Cup final, but because of COVID in the Canadian division and that this year, of course, that happened. But getting back to Friday, Game 7. If you listen to the podcast Friday, as we talked about, and if you listen to Tom Jones and I break down Game 6 afterwards on Thursday's podcast, the one thing we know about this Lightning team is when they lose in the postseason, the next game they have a better effort. No question about it. It doesn't mean they're going to win. There's no guarantees in sports. You never know a hot goalie, a bad break, a bad bounce. You never know what's going to happen. But you know that they're going to put on a better effort. This is a very prideful team. They don't like to lose. And when they do, they go fix it. They're very good at self-analyzing and using video and and seeing what they do wrong, and they come out committed to playing a better game the next game. Game six wasn't a bad game for the Lightning. Um, in, in, in Nassau Coliseum, it could have put the Islanders away. It would have been the last game ever at Nassau Coliseum, and it turns out it is because the Lightning won on Friday. But they didn't play a bad game, but again, a loss. And in the last two postseasons, the Lightning are 12-0, and Going into Friday's game, eleven and zero in series. The one of them, and and uh, one of our listeners pointed out because I had said eleven and zero on the podcast that it was actually twelve and zero because these round robin games from last year counted uh, as a playoff games. Um, the, some of the teams were playing actually series to get in the playoffs. The top four seeds each played three round robin games to get ready for the playoffs. Those counted as playoff games in the statistics. The Lightning lost the last one of those to the Flyers, 
I didn't count that in my count of 11 and 0 because the point of the stat in the playoffs is when you lose a game you come back the next game against the same opponent and you're putting on a different effort. After they lost to the Flyers, they then went on to game one against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, the listener was right, and thank you for pointing it out. I had simply forgotten that those games actually counted as playoff games, too, when I was counting it up. So, um, But much like this year and last year, ever since that Columbus series in 2019, when the Lightning lose a game, the next game, their effort is significantly better. Their commitment, particularly their commitment to defense, their commitment to staying in their structure, to not forcing things, and to you know make sure that their their forecheck is solid. You know, if if you noticed in Game Seven, you saw a lot of the Sorelli and Gord lines, and and actually line the Johnson line too, the fourth line you saw a lot of. I believe they had in the first two periods they played eight and a half nine minutes. The fourth line, they normally get that in a game. And in game seven, that line got that many minutes in the first two periods. Now, I think some of it was protecting Nikita Kucherov, who did play in game seven. Uh, It was very tight-lipped. No one knew. Lots of speculation as to what the injury was when Scott Mayfield checked him in his first shift on game six, and he went out. Uh, illegally cross-checked him, if you ask me, but the league said it wasn't malicious enough. But he did give it a go. Now, he did not look 100%. He definitely looked like he was favoring a little bit and not looking for contact at all. Um, I think I think they reduced his shifts a little bit and, and put him in positions where he wouldn't get as much contact. Quite frankly, I was surprised the Islanders didn't try to get a little more physical with him, not to the point of what Mayfield did in game six, but get a body on him more often. But it's possible they were a little scared that any contact with Kucherov could draw a penalty at that point. And the last thing they wanted to do was draw a penalty and put the lightning on the power play, particularly with Kucherov in the lineup. So game seven, that was as close to a clinic as you're going to get. They allowed 18 shots all game. Not many of them high danger spots. They had a couple. Bavillier had a rush early on. Uh, Barzell had a, a wide open opportunity late, uh, but that doesn't even count as a shot because he he the the puck went over his uh, stick. But they they you the Lightning uh, they only won the game one nothing. But you felt like they were in control the whole game. There was there was a couple spurts. Uh, you know, particularly at the end of the second, um, and there was a few. There was a few other spurts that the Islanders had, where they would get a lot of possession. The the, the Lightning were icing the puck quite a bit in those spurts, but you still never. You just the Lightning were blocking a ton of shots, a ton of shots. Mikhail Sergachev was a monster in this game. Ryan McDonough was the best player on the ice. Their commitment to to the defense and to supporting Vasilevsky was as good as they've done in the last two years in the playoffs. Definitely this year. I, I thought, I thought Friday night was their best game of the playoffs. And, and while they only won one, nothing, you ne- and, and granted anything could have happened and they could have got a, a goal, but you never felt like the game was getting away from the light. You never felt like they weren't in control. It didn't mean 
There wasn't going to be a goal scored by the Islanders because, you know, lots of things, funny bounces, breaks. Um, there was only one power play in the whole game, and it turned out to be pivotal. Barclay, good row with an unnecessary cross check. And the second period gets called for a penalty. While on the penalty kill, Ryan McDonough gets the puck deep in his zone and holds it and waits and makes a tremendous play to get the puck up to Alex Kalorn, who dishes it to Sorelli, who takes it to the half wall, and three guys go after him. Now, you're on the you're on the penalty kill, so Sorelli's just trying to kill time down there. And three Islanders go to him to get the puck. The Lightning make a change. Yanni Gord comes off the bench and is wide open in the slot. Sorelli gets it to him. He shoots the puck immediately. one nothing. Lightning on a shorthanded goal. That is the only shorthanded goal the Islanders gave up all season long. The only one. And that was all the Lightning needed to win this game. Andre Vasilevsky gets his fourth consecutive shutout to clinch a series. Shutout against the Islanders, against the Hurricanes in the previous series, against the Panthers in the first round series, and against the Dallas Stars in the cup-clinching championship last year in Game 6. Four straight series clinchers for Andre Vasilevsky that he had a shutout. That's a NHL record for consecutive. I think he's only two behind the all-time leader in you know series-clinching shutouts of six. But one mistake by the Islanders. Because they played a good game on Friday, too. I, I didn't think they were as good as the Lightning, but they played a good game. But one mistake. They sent three guys to the puck carrier. And Yanni Gord's wide open in the slot, shorthanded. And like I said, the only time the Islanders all season gave up a shorthanded goal. And that proved to be the difference for the Lightning, who have now won seven consecutive series in the playoffs, are in the Stanley Cup final for the second consecutive year, third time in the last, what is it, seven seasons, and fourth time in franchise history. So 2004, 2015, 2020, and 2021. So game one, the Stanley Cup final starts tonight. An unexpected team in the Montreal Canadiens. They had the worst record and worst points percentage of any team in the playoffs this year. Matter of fact, there was two teams in the NHL that had better point totals than the Canadians, but didn't make the playoffs because four teams from each division make it in. So, you know, there was uh, there were some teams in other divisions that had more points than them that were fifth in their division. But the Canadians are a very different team than what started the year. They have an interim coach in Ducharme who's actually missing these games right now because he's in COVID protocols. He should be back for game three for Montreal after a positive COVID test a couple weeks ago. So they have an interim coach who's sidelined for COVID. So an assistant coach, Luke Richardson, is coaching this team right now. But they're, they're a team built a lot like the Islanders. They, ha- they stick to their structure very well. They have done a tremendous job of shutting down the top six forwards for Vegas in the semifinals, for Winnipeg when they swept them in the second round, and Toronto in the first round, who they were down three games to one and won that series four to three 
in typical Toronto Maple Leafs fashion. Their penalty kill is excellent. This is going to be, I don't know how many power plays the Lightning are going to get in this series. We know it's the final. We know NHL likes to swallow their whistles and, and don't want to call a lot of power plays, but this is the best power play in the league in the Lightning, particularly when Nikita Kucherov's there, against a team that has killed 30 consecutive power plays for the other team. Their penalty kill is put up an 0 for 30, I think since game four against the Maple Leafs was the last time they gave up a power play goal against. And round number one of the playoffs. That is a tremendous streak that they are on. Vegas' top six forwards were lost. Uh, they, they couldn't score in that series. Cole Caulfield who is a won the Hobie Baker Award in April, is now in their lineup and scored as many goals as the top six forwards for Vegas in that whole series. He scored four. Cole Caulfield is a tremendous offensive talent. He almost – they're a lot like the Islanders in their structure and, and their relentless forecheck, and their forecheck is relentless. But Cole Caulfield almost gives them – more scoring power than the Islanders had. The Islanders were really missing Anders Lee to go with Matthew Barzell. Matthew Barzell is a tremendous player. And if you heard his comments after the the loss in Game 7, um, really hurt and broken up, and, and, and more so for his teammates than himself. Uh, it was really – I think Matthew Barzell is a tremendous player, and, and, and I even got more respect for him from his post-game comments, talking about a lot of the veterans that you know don't know – you know, how much longer they have and when if they can get back and that. So, um, But Cole Caulfield is, has been tremendous. But I think the thing everyone's looking for in this series is what many believe, and in the NHL player poll would tell you this too, the best goalie in the world, Andre Vasilevsky, versus the last guy to hold that title, Carey Price, as he's won the player poll for best goalie in 2018, 2019. 2020, and now Vasilevsky won it in 21. These are two tremendous goalies, and both of them playing extremely well in this playoffs. The Canadians are second to the Lightning in goals against average in this playoffs. Lightning have given up 2.06 goals again against a game. Canadians are at 2.18. Carey Price has been fantastic. And, and for them to win this series, it's either going to be Carey Price or Cole Caulfield winning the the Conn Smythe Trophy. If if Montreal is going to win this series, it's going to be that's. Carey uh, Price has to have a tremendous series, I think, for for Montreal to have a shot in this series. And Lightning are heavy favorites, but I think it's going to be a tremendous goalie match. And we haven't seen Carey Price in what, two years because they didn't play last year in the bubble. Or well, I guess it's been what March of twenty was the last time that the Lightning played Montreal. Because so, they're normally division foes. So normally they play you know four or five times a year. They have a positive COVID test in Joel Armia. He's not traveling to Tampa for game one. Uh, and their coach is still out, as we said, Ducharme. Kucherov, we talked about him in game six. Looked a little uh, hesitant's not the right word, but protective of his side in game seven 
uh, at media day on Sunday said, what injury? I'm not injured. There's no injury. I was playing. So either he's got a short memory or he heals really fast or it's typical playoff hockey where we're not going to tell you a thing. But it's good to good to see him on the ice. Um, game f- seven was Friday, so he had Saturday and Sunday. I believe he was the first player on the ice Sunday at practice. And he'll you know play tonight in game one against Montreal. I thought the the atmosphere at game seven, those last few minutes in Amelie Arena is as loud as I've heard it there. That was tremendous. With only 14,800 or so in the building. It was a tremendous atmosphere. I hope the fans bring that atmosphere tonight and Wednesday night for games one and two. The Lightning do have home ice in this series. We know that the Lightning actually play better on the road than at home. So I think the start of this game is going to be key for the Lightning, too. I don't have to score goals early, per se, but I don't think you don't want to get behind because I don't think you're going to get a lot of power plays. And Montreal has some relentless forecheck, and when they get a lead and you've got Carey Price back there, you don't want to battle upstream against this team. You know, you want to stay level or, or get a goal lead and put the pressure on Montreal. You have more high-end talent as the Lightning. You have more high-power scores. If you play your structure, you play your system like you did in Game 7, Game 7, like I said, that was the best game they played in the playoffs. You could talk about the 8-0 game all you want. And they played well in the 8-0 game. But to be honest, the first 25 minutes of that game, the Islanders had a lot of chances. They gave up a ton. I mean, gave up a lot more than they had, but they had a lot of chances. Vazzy in the, in the defense stopped it or some block shots. And then once it became 4 nothing after the Stamkos power play goal, it was pretty much game over. And both teams kind of packed it in. But the Lightning played well in that game, but they played a hell of a lot better in Game 7. A lot better. If you can play that way. I mean, we talked about in that Islander series. The Islanders in game one played a perfect game. Could they do it four times in that series? It turns out they couldn't. I think the, the, the Canadians are going to have to play pretty close to perfect in this series to win it. Or Carey Price is going to really stand on his head. We'll see. And Carey Price is the type of goalie that can absolutely stand on his head. You know, he's a Julian Breezebois said it on, on Sunday. He's a Hall of Famer right now. So he retired today. He's a Hall of Famer. The only thing missing from his resume is the Stanley Cup. And now he's got his shot. So it'll be fun tonight, game one, 8 o'clock. Actually, puck drop is more like 8.20, just so you know on NBC Sportsnet for the first two games. It'll be NBC for games three through seven, if necessary. The schedule is Monday, Wednesday in Tampa, Friday and next Monday in Montreal. So there's actually two days off in between games three and four. Game five would be back here in Tampa, if necessary, on Wednesday the 7th. Game six would be in Montreal Friday the 9th. And if it gets to a game seven, it'll be Sunday, July 11th. In Tampa. So, uh, lightning with home ice, so Game 7 would be at home if needed in this series. So, it should be a fun one. We'll uh, recap that on tomorrow's podcast. It'll be a late one for me after the game, but uh, 
It's a Stanley Cup final. It's always fun. So we'll do that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Meanwhile, the Rays took two of three from the Angels over the weekend. Although they a little sour taste in your mouth when you lose the last game after winning the first two. And you had a shot to win this game. I mean, the, to be honest, on Sunday, the bullpen... Uh, Bullpen faltered. But Thompson, Springs, and Whistler uh, kind of gave up the lead. After G-Man Choi had, had a three-run home run to give the Rays a lead, a 4-2 lead, and then those pitchers uh, eventually gave it up and it ends up being 6-4 Angels in the finale. Shohei Otani, my goodness, what a player he is. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him pitch in this series because he had pitched on Wednesday. But as a hitter, oh, my goodness, is he good. So on Sunday, he's a single shy of the cycle, although he did get a walk. So if you want to say every at-bat he reached a different base, and he, you, know, you could say that, I guess. But a solo home run in the ninth, but he had a double, he had a triple, he had a walk. He's, he is a, watching him swing and run, he's fast. It's incre- he is incredible. It was his 25th home run. He's, what, one behind Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the home run race. Uh, just absolutely incredible to watch him. And like I said, I wish I could have seen him pitch, too, just as a baseball fan. I mean, you know, you'd rather him not pitch against the Rays because he's really good and a good chance he'd win the game. But as a baseball fan, you know, I, I you just respect talent. And, and Shohei Otani is just a freak. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. Wander Franco snapped an 0-for-18 streak on Sunday. Um, it's kind of the growing pains of, you know, coming up. And, you know, he had a good first game, and, and the bats struggle a little bit. As pitchers, you know, hey, the pitchers at this level are a lot, a lot better than what you face down there. So uh, he's still looking good in the field, uh, still looks good at the plate. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard when he makes contact, and he does that most of the time. So, uh, But he snapped an 0-for-18 streak. That's a good thing. A weird play on Sunday, and you're sitting there thinking, you know, it was early in the game. It was a sharp liner. There's a band on third. So a sharp, uh, it's, it's a, a kind of a, a pop-up to short left field or right field. Brendan Lau catches it and then throws it home and throws it wildly home to make sure the runner on third doesn't score. And so then the runner goes. And Yarborough, Ron Yarborough's backing up the play as he should. Gets the carom off the you know the backstop, whatever else. Throws it to Zanino, who's not even paying attention, and kind of looked up and caught it. Quickly grabbed it and put a tag on as the runner was running by him, and it, I believe it was Jared Walsh, if I remember. And he was out. And and you thought as soon as Lau threw it, you're like, what are you doing? Because I mean, it wasn't even close to home plate. And you thought it was going to be a run scored, but it turns out that they get the out there. Uh, no, like I said, they end up losing the game. But just your typical 4-1-2 double play. So you, you score that often. Uh, Saturday's game was fun. The Rays go down early and then end up winning 13-3. to 
Uh, Shane McClanahan looked good. Uh, had a, some, a rough start, giving up a, some runs, and, and it was like a bloop to right field. And Otani bounced one over Yandy Diaz's head at first, and or it was a G-Man Choi, I don't remember, which, whichever first baseman was there. Uh, just a lot of bad luck for McClanahan. So, uh, but he overcame that and it, it pitched what six six innings, I think, on Saturday. I'm trying to go off the top of my head. I don't have the score sheet in front of me, but but you like to see that a young pitcher who's growing. I mean, you know, and he didn't let those a lot of soft contact that led to a couple runs and got him down temporarily. It didn't affect him for the rest of the game, and he was able to to keep going and and not let that affect him. Not let that impact his pitching. I mean, you know, sometimes guys, sometimes you get blue pits. Sometimes you hit one down the line, it hits two inches to the fair side instead of foul. Um, those things happen, and, and, you know, pitchers have to deal with them. And, it, you know, he's still a young pitcher. He's 24, but his first year, you know, and, and you see the stuff he has. I mean, he's got great stuff. You know, he's just got to get more experience in, in, in that. And in each of these games and each of these situations he's in just adds to that. So, uh, but a good, uh, it's been a good week for the Rays. I mean, after that seven game losing streak, they had a winning streak of their own. It got snapped on Sunday. The off day for the Rays today, they are traveling to the nation's capital to face the Nationals on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then they'll have an off day on Thursday. So uh, get, the Rays can get some rest for their bullpen and, and for all their other players. I mean, two off days this week, so you want to take advantage of that. And, and the shocker of all shockers, the Rays have no all-star finalist on their team. This team now is in second place. The Red Sox passed them on Sunday because they swept the Yankees. But the Rays have the third best record in the American League, and – well, I think Mike Zanino was the highest vote getter for the Rays so far, and he's eighth among catchers. Uh, Kevin Cash will be the manager, but has very little impact on the roster now. Most of it's decided through voting and player voting and fan voting and the MLB and that. Uh, we were talking on Sunday at, at Tropicana Field about who would be the Rays All-Stars. Now that Tyler Glass now is hurt, now – I suppose Major League Baseball could name him an all-star, even though he's not going to be able to pitch. Uh, he's certainly been worthy of it through the first half of the season, uh, looking at his numbers. Rich Hill's a possibility, one pitcher of the month in May. Um, has pitched very well. Uh, offensively, I think you could look at Mike Zanino, who's got, what, 16 home runs as a catcher. Uh, Austin Meadows is still top three or four in RBIs in the American League. Uh, Rosarina's had a good year, although none of his stats you know, stand out. You know, he's, what, 10 home runs or so. He's decent amount of RBIs and that. Uh, but nothing really stands out to where you're going to go, ooh, 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 all-star, all-star. Uh, he's had a good year. Um, Kevin Cash will tell you the whole lineup is, you know, every everybody in there should. Um, but, I, you know, it'll be interesting who the Rays all-star is. I mean, you know, I don't think they would name Tyler Glass now and nobody else for the Rays, knowing that he's hurt and can't pitch. So, But they could name him as an all-star and then, you know, have a replacement. Uh, but it'll be interesting who gets picked from the Rays. I think it's it, it's you know it's either going to be Hill, Zanino, or Meadows. There has to be one from the Rays, or and it could take more than one. A team that's this good should have more than one, I think. But you know, time will tell on that. So, uh, but that uh, the All Star Game is coming up in uh, two weeks, two weeks from tomorrow. So um, in now Colorado, not Atlanta this year, but so. Uh, 
I think that's going to do it for the podcast today. Uh, again, uh, filling in for Rick Stroud, who's taking another week of vacation. Um, as we discussed last week, it's uh, I think he's only only taken about one week in the four or five years we've done this podcast. So uh, he'll be back next week, um, assuming he's refreshed and ready to go. I'm sure he will be. Uh, but meanwhile, game one, the Stanley Cup final tonight, the Rays are off. So you can put all your attention on the Lightning tonight, 8 o'clock, NBC Sports Network at Amelie Arena. Uh, I don't know if they've increased attendance at Amelie Arena for the Stanley Cup final. It was at 14-8 was the capacity for the uh, semifinal round versus the Islanders. I'm not sure if it's going to be more. But if they bring the same energy they brought to game seven, it'll be a very lively crowd. So I understand many on TV said it didn't sound um, as loud and, and television, you know, depending on where they put the mics and how the audio guy rides it and stuff can sound different. But, uh, I can tell you being there those last few minutes in the arena were some of the loudest I've heard in Amelie arena in the seven years I've been producing the games for the lightning and, and going to games for several years prior to that. So, uh, including a lot of playoff runs. So, uh, I thought the crowd was tremendous. I thought it was, I thought, the team got a lot of juice from the crowd, so I hope uh, they bring that same uh, energy tonight at Amelie Arena. I'm sure they will. So, game one tonight, enjoy it. The Rays are off. They'll play Tuesday. And uh, for Rick Stroud, I'm Steve Versnick. Have a great day. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.